hey there, not all bad audience. Uh, if you're somehow not aware, there's a, currently a global pandemic occurring uh, at the time that this episode is releasing. Uh, and and I've, Zach and I decided it would be appropriate uh, to warn you and make you aware uh, that this episode was actually recorded two weeks ago, uh, the first week of March, at which point we were aware of coronavirus, but we didn't quite uh, grasp the severity of the situation and uh, what was to come. Uh, and so it, it really seems um, pressing to let you know <laughs> that uh, mentions of the virus and uh, plans that we have in this episode uh, did not line up with reality at all. Uh, specifically, uh, Zach jokes that he has corona. I would like to make you aware he doesn't have corona. Him having a cough uh, two weeks ago uh, turned out not to be corona, even if he joked about it. Uh, he suggested I don't go to work um, at some point during this podcast. That's kind of humorous, because now I have to work from home. Funny how life works. And also, Zach um, mentions that he has a bunch of weddings to go to. You know, it's a huge bummer. I'm going to guess he no longer does. Uh, so enjoy this episode, but please uh, listen to it through the lens of the knowledge that uh, we were not aware uh, quite of the scale of uh, this virus that we're now experiencing. We hope you're all well. We care about you a lot. Uh, and we hope that despite our ignorance at the time of recording, we hope that you enjoy the show. Give a moment or two to the angry young man With his foot in his mouth and his heart in his hand The stab in the back, he's been misunderstood It's a comfort to know his intentions are good And he sits in a room with a lock on the door With his maps and his medals laid out on the floor And he likes to be known as the angry young man Hi everybody, uh, this is episode 36 of Not All Bad, and I'm Zach Andrews, and I'm having a bad day. I'm Paul Mesma, I'm having a pretty unremarkable day. Uh, with us is a new guest, his name is Brandon, and Brandon, how's your day going today? Uh, it's been great, um, have to be here. <laughs> uh, Brandon and I know each other from a and uh, I'm excited to have him on the show there was a point in time uh, where I was going to uh, start a podcast, and uh, I actually, Paul, this is, I wanted to bring this out on the air because I thought it'd be, it's either going to be really awkward or funny, so <laughs> I know I'd exactly love to where just, this is going. <laughs> I'd love to just do this now. I actually asked Brandon to, uh, to be a host with me on, on the show. That was, I think, before I had ever, uh, that was long before I ever like made the show or bought the equipment or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. that was a thing, and now he's here. Yeah. So what you're saying so, uh, is 30- that I'm uh, I'm really on trial here. That uh, if if the audience feels that Brand does it better, then they're really going to wonder what could have been. I'm not <laughs> yes. saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying there will be a vote to kick one or the other off at the end of this episode. Oh man, I, I, I knew this day would come. <laughs> I would personally like that the next review to be put on iTunes by any uh, guest or not guest, any uh, viewer of the show that it, they talk exclusively about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm Brandon, gonna, we really are happy to have you. So yeah, I, I'm just going to flood the zone with negative reviews about you, Brandon, just so <laughs> so no one <laughs> wants you to take my place. <laughs> the real host okay. of. <laughs> I'm Kane. We're, we are really excited you're here. This is fun. It, guys, listen. I, like, I'm bringing a weird energy today. A- <laughs> apparently, apparently, I don't even sound like myself. I don't know if that's true, but I've had that told to by by both of you. So. I, it must be. Yeah, you're you're, um, you're sounding pretty shitty, Zach. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm feeling a bit like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I was late to work this morning, which you know, whatever. I, I I've been an hour late to work every day this week. I was only thirty minutes late today, so uh, <laughs> baby steps. I'm usually not late, but uh, I haven't been feeling well, obviously. So that kind of tied into it. Um, we had this meeting in Dallas, so I had to I had to drive down for a meeting in Dallas uh, over lunch. And so they got lunch catered. This is the start to a very bad day. Lunch was catered, which normally sounds awesome, right? That makes a meeting worth it. Mm -hmm. You you guys are never going to believe the the food that was catered for this meeting. It was meatloaf and squash casserole. What? (laughs) Not even like Jimmy John's? They couldn't give you like Jimmy John's sandwiches? (laughs) That's what I'm saying, man. Like, <laughs> I'm not asking for anything nice. Just give me, like, give me something simple. I'll take a, I'll take Jimmy John's for sure. But B and J before like a soccer game, like not even that. An orange slice and a Capri Sun. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm sitting here in a meeting eating a whole ass thing of squash casserole <laughs> and meatloaf. And let me tell you this, it was gross. I know that's hard to believe with a name like squash casserole, but it was gross. It wasn't even good. The, those those are the kind of meals that, like, when homemade, it's like, all right, this is a hearty homemade meal. Like, and for some reason, the vibe is just completely different. Something about it being catered just makes me assume that's that's disgusting. I would have rather just paid for my own lunch. It, <laughs> if I knew Who's, that was an option, I would have just bought my lunch. Where where was this meeting at? Was this at your grandmother's house in downtown Dallas? Is that is that why you <laughs> yeah, had squash yeah. casserole? <laughs> that that's why I I don't get it. I don't know who's responsible for that. I'm I'm thinking about making a making a list of acceptable restaurants <laughs> and like passing it on anonymously to my manager or something. <laughs> I I don't understand how you how you could think that's even a good idea. I don't know how far up the chain all the way to CEO made this decision, but it's it's the wrong one. <laughs> so that was that's the start to a long list of issues. I had to stay uh, at work really late today, just doing a bunch of crap. Um, it's not fun, which is why I didn't have enough time to prepare for the show today. So spoiler alert: we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> I forgot to uh, I had to gas up my car, and of course, uh, on the way home from work, when I'm already in a hurry. And you guys know when uh, you try to like press the uh the gas pump handle and it clicks into place and then you release your hand so you can just automatically fill your tank and then it keeps mm-hmm. releasing mm-hmm. yeah and it does it over and over again after like half a gallon oh my god but then i started like i was like all right fine i'll just hold it so then i was holding it and then it was doing it even with me holding it so then i had to like one gallon at a time just fill clunk fill clunk <laughs> Phil, it was driving me insane. 
You know what? We need we need those gas pump boys like they have in the Northeast. I think um, <laughs> yeah, it's been long overdue. Bring some more jobs, um, gas pump boys. <laughs> gas pump boys. Um, I feel like their most recent album was not as good as their old stuff. <laughs> I, I think about Gas Pump Boys every week when I fill my tank about the fact that there are places where I legally would not be allowed to fill my own tank. And I think Oregon. about that. I, I just like wonder what techniques they could share with me from all their experience. Like, what am I doing wrong? I wonder every week. I, I uh, That's a good question. I wonder if they have like some sort of union or something. <laughs> I bet they do. They, probably, honestly. There were other things that upset me about today as well but i forgot about them because i was scrambling so fast to actually try and um prepare for the show today i i will i mean obviously i apologize for any uh coughs that paul's gonna have to edit out because there will be many i'm sure i've got a whole slew of cough drops and a glass of water here and um i've been hitting my asthma inhaler way way more often than the prescription allows (laughs) and uh We'll see how that results in my long-term health. But uh, for now, it's helping with the release of episode 36, which is honestly more important to me. So there's that. All this is to say that I've got kind of a weird energy today, and I'm hoping that it's turned into something constructive, but we'll see where that goes. I'm just Um, glad that the roles have reversed, because usually I'm the one coughing, and you're having to edit them out. So it's going to be a nice change of pace here. That's true, yeah. Uh, Paul will be editing this episode. Um, cause I'm going to have to go to Boston for work again, uh, for the second time in a month, which is fantastic. I thought uh, you were about to say that that was a bad thing. So you get to travel for work and you're complaining about traveling to Boston. Uh, no, no, it is a bad thing. That's, that was sarcasm. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a terrible thing because I work 14 hour days when I go to Boston. Mm. I work until, uh, I work until nine, usually nine at night every day. So that's great. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, the reason I'm sick is because I went to Boston and was on a plane with a bunch. Of, I probably have coronavirus, honestly, <laughs> which is okay. That's okay with me. If I die today, then all the all the better. Yeah, asthma inhaler is not going to save you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know. I don't know if they, I don't know. Show me the data. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to episode 36 uh, each of us are going to talk about something, and in my case, an additional thing already that has pissed us off lately. And then we're going to each take a turn talking about something that makes us happy. Well, the show can be found on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and Overcast. And uh, we're on Twitter at NotAllBadShow. And you can email us at NotAllBadShow at gmail.com, which you should do if you're interested in being a guest like Brandon is today. Or if you want to submit a random rant for us to read on the show uh, when we don't have a guest, which uh, Brandon has also contributed to in the past. So thank you for being a... And you've left a review. You've really done everything, I think. citizen. <laughs> with, with your appearance as a guest, I think you've checked all the boxes. Everything a listener can do to participate in the show you've done. You follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very I I think you may be the first. If I'm not then someone can correct me. I'm sure they will, but you may be the first to have done everything to complete the uh the grand slam we'll call it. Do grand I get some kind I of like badge? That. I was never in Boy Scouts, but I always wanted to get badges for just really insignificant victories that I or accomplishments that I I make. Excuse me, but 
You have no idea what I had to go through to get the camping merit badge. That is not insignificant, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do about getting you a badge. I like the sound of that. Uh, you were brave enough, Brandon, to volunteer to go first today on, on our negative rants. Are you, is that a, a, something that you'd still, a challenge you'd still like to face? Absolutely. All right, let us hear it. So I'm going to talk about the Peloton exercise bikes. Um, <laughs> so for starters, I, I feel you, you watch, you watch the commercials and I don't know if you've seen the commercials. I, I see the commercials everywhere all the time. And, yeah. They're yeah. All over the place. And they're riding their bike inside, obviously, cause it's, it's a stationary bike. And I, I don't know. I don't understand that. Why don't you just go outside, smell the smells, feel, feel the air, look, look at the sky, listen to the sounds. I don't, I don't know. You're just a <laughs> hamster on a wheel riding your bike inside it's it's it looks it seems miserable why don't why don't you want to go outside and it's just it's ridiculous to me um which another thing about this bike is that the price of it is is astronomical i think it's like two thousand dollars for one of these bikes and i don't know where the money goes into this machine and i don't know much about like bicycles but you spend like five hundred, six hundred dollars on like a really, really nice bike, I think. But, but, but like you, but you still want to buy a Peloton bike? I, I don't know. It's, it baffles me. Also, there's you. Not only is it two thousand dollars, that's a that's a one time payment. You still have membership to pay for every single month. That you wait, wanna, what? Yeah, to be to watch these, you have like an iPad that's built in that you 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 just watch the instructor give you bike lessons. And also that to me is so stupid because like, what are they going to tell me? Like, oh, we're going up a hill now, guys. Like, you really got to put it into second gear. I want y'all to really pump it this time. Like, I, if that, if I was sitting there on that bike, I'm not going to do that. I'm, uh, eventually, if, if I'm not in person, there's no one to, to do that to me. There's no actual physical hill for me to climb. I'm just going to like start coasting on my bike. Be like, ah, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's stupid i think the worst part about it is in these commercials is just the lifestyle that is affiliated with the people that own these bikes they're on like the 15th floor of an apartment complex with floor-to-ceiling windows and you know that that entire uh space is just for the bike you don't see any other furniture yes the room very true and they're just riding that bike inside of this what i assume is a giant apartment and I know that if if I had one of these bikes, I I would be lazy and then I wouldn't use it anymore, and then it'd become a coat rack. That's what would happen to it. And yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone wants a two thousand dollar coat rack in their house. And I think that's that's it. Well, you you're a pretty outdoorsy guy, so it checks the boxes that you'd prefer to be outside. But I think that's a valid argument. I mean, I agree. Uh, I I don't run on the treadmill anymore. I used to run on the treadmill and now if it's cold or raining i just don't i just don't work out <laughs> i only work out when the weather's nice because uh that means I, I it makes it so much because i really enjoy being outside now a lot more than i used to and i used to like it but i love it now so when i go running outside that it it makes the experience a thousand times better because so much of the bad is offset by the good of just being outdoors mm-hmm by the way, a uh, quick Google search. I'm, I'm getting a, a lot of highs and lows here, but super nice bike will probably run you like 
$800, like an unnecessarily like dummy nice bike. So, so yeah, your argument's I, fair there. I, I was about to add in there that, uh, there, there was like a brief, uh, couple months where in, in college, I thought I was going to be one of those bike people. And I, I like combined money with my parents to get a really nice bike. It was around $550 and then I like never rode it. So that's, I can confirm oh. that those nice bikes that you never ride <laughs> are pretty expensive. It, and that's not like top of the line, but that's like. A pretty standard, so ex- like adult, decent bicycle is like five hundred, six hundred dollars. I'm super excited for ACL this year. The uh, the bike people are opening for the gas the gas pump boys, and like I I I can't wait to see that concert. I'm so excited. I've never been around six hundred dollar bikes, but like the. $550 bike that you had, Paul, does it come with the horn that has the like squeeze pump on the back? Because I feel like that it, it really do- says money. <laughs> it does not. I think that's more standard with... For some reason, I feel like the horn and the basket are really standard with the single gear bike that you buy from Walmart for like 100 bucks. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. It's like You can't switch gears. It's like whether you're going downhill or uphill, like you've got the same situation. Uh, yeah, I think that those are the ones that come with the horn. My, mine came, I think, with like a maybe a little bell. I actually don't remember. I m- maybe due to the fact that I've like barely used it. But <laughs> um, the Santa Cruz Blur Carbon CCXX1 Complete Bike LG Carbon Fiber runs you ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Goodness, I think a lot of that, that comes from, like, the body of the bike. Like, mine was aluminum, I think, which is, adds to the cost, but makes it, like, a lighter bike, you know? Yeah, this, that checks out. <clears throat> this is a nice-ass bike. <laughs> um, I like, I'd like to revisit the topic of uh, the instructor, the virtual instructor. <laughs> I was going to say that there's nothing that anyone, that any virtual person can do to motivate me, but... Um, I'm looking at my uh, anime stripper desktop background, <laughs> and I mean, who's to say, right? No, uh, I think it's a good point that, uh, like, <laughs> what what are they going to do? Uh, there's no public shame. In, it's not like you're in a class. You're not in a spin class where the instructor can point at you and say, you need to, you're clearly not trying very hard. I said we're going uphill. <laughs> like, there's no there's no public shame involved. I don't see any sweat on your brow. Yeah. Yeah. You're just sitting there and you're just, you're not even moving your legs and you're watching your <laughs> iPad. You're watching uh, Orange County on your iPad. You're clearly not working out. Like you, there's nothing that that person on the TV screen can do for you. So I don't understand why that needs to be, why you need a subscription for that, first of all. And then second of all, I really like the idea of the instructor like having to make up exercise scenarios because you're just clearly on a stationary bike like the whole okay we're we're reaching an uphill now that's basically just having like a an exercise dungeon master that's what i was about (laughs) to say that's such a good point (laughs) you might as well i guess wow i found a bike for twelve thousand dollars the pinellero dogma f10 sram red asx road bike these think, are some badass names. I feel like the more <laughs> words you have, the more expensive the bike gets. I'm pretty sure I've heard of that bike. And I think that bike comes with a personal trainer that rides alongside with you <laughs> wherever you go on a bike. Uh, 
worth it in that case. Um, yeah, I forgot what I was going with because I got distracted by the bike price. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, there's, it just doesn't make any sense. The whole concept is fair. That's true. Although I will say there's a lot of, uh, the commercials have a lot of like hot older women in them, (laughs) which is something that I can get behind. I'm okay with that. Yeah. The the more I think about it, I I think it's a common theme for me too, that like, like the, the false obstacles in the sense, it's an issue that I have with with treadmill running the same way I would with a bike like this is like, you can tell me I'm going uphill and I'm just going to be annoyed that like the incline has increased on the, the treadmill or the bike. Whereas in real life, it's like, Oh, there's literally a hill in front of me. If I want to like get past this, I got to go up an incline. Like it just, like my brain, like will accept that But with any time I've tried to use like bikes like those at the gym or a treadmill. It just, I can't get past like this isn't real. You're just falsely putting resistance in front of me. Like that that's some bullshit. <laughs> I also think it takes away from the thrill of of riding a real bike, like dodging potholes and riding through stoplights mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to ride through. <laughs> <laughs> that that's part yeah, it is part of the fun, right? Part of the biking experience is the danger of almost like getting doored by a car or <laughs> <laughs> like falling on your ass on a curb or, or the bike lane like, ending at an intersection. So you just have to go for it. Yeah. Or it, you know, all of a sudden it's, uh, you're, you're eight miles out and then it starts to rain. All that's part of the experience. And in fact, it's biking should be more about building your muscles. It should be about building your character. So let's bring that back into biking. All right, get outside. Peloton, you're, you don't, we don't need... Yeah, take those helmets off. No more helmets. <laughs> yeah. We don't need your biking safe spaces in your fancy high-dollar floor-to-ceiling window apartment, Peloton. <laughs> we'll get out there. We'll bust our ass on our own. Thank you very much. It's a good topic today, Brandon. Uh, do you have anything else to add or, That's uh, Paul, anything else to contribute? I, I'm good. Uh, that means it's your turn to, it, to give your does. rant, right, Paul? Yep. I'm a... Uh... Cracking a cold one. It's so, I don't know if you heard, uh, Zach, I'm excited that I just opened a drink that I get to use your new uh, little jingle for opening a can. Yeah, if you I haven't heard that. it, uh, <laughs> if you hadn't heard it, I on episode 35, I added a, a jingle. I created a little sound effect for, in fact, you would have just now heard it because uh, it just happened. So I don't know why I'm explaining it. There it is. I made it. I made it on the last episode. It's it's here. It's in the room right now. We're li- we're breathing it. Welcome to the jingle, bitches. Cracking a cold one. <sighs> that was the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna keep it uh, in, in our theme of transportation today. Because I, I'm going to share a potentially controversial uh, opinion, which is I, I think deterrence to illegally parking are a good thing. I, I think that it is an issue when people just park wherever they want, whenever they want. And I, okay. I, I, I know that it's frustrating when you get a parking ticket or even, honestly, tow, towers can go f*** themselves. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Yes. However... I'm here to say that I do think that deterrence to park here good. So I, I'm going to walk you through. First of all, I, I just want to put out there, I'm not endorsing any particular cost because I do think that sometimes 
the the cost of the tickets themselves can be predatory, especially because it's like obviously a person who's well off can just shake off the cost and be like, oh, I'll just park. Like like for example, uh, when Jeff Bezos was building his new house, uh, reportedly he just parked his car illegally every day and racked up like tens of thousands of park dollars in parking tickets because he just didn't care. So like rich people. <laughs> it doesn't it's it's nothing to them but like a hundred dollar parking ticket does suck for someone who's not rich um so i'm not endorsing the literal cost but what i am gonna say is i, I think the argue i think it's frustrating that people act like there just shouldn't ever be parking tickets ever because i think that that's yeah. ridiculous okay yeah so it, it's an especially popular thing on college campuses people yeah. lose mm. their minds about like I'm already paying $20,000 a year to be here. I shouldn't have to pay to park. Well, here's the issue is A&M is like a one and a half mile by one and a half mile campus or whatever it is, like the main square. And there are like 60,000 people who are trying to show up there on a daily basis, assuming that they're not skipping class. And if every single one of them drove a car on their own, it would be... A cluster clown, as we say on this podcast. <laughs> it would be awful. It's already miserable, but it would be actually it would be actually hell if everyone just drove themselves. And so so the main thing is be, the reason that people who don't have a parking pass do don't drive themselves to campus is because they are afraid of the consequences of tickets, which encourages behavior that's necessary, like using public transportation or carpooling. Like, different things like that. Like, bus systems are great when they're implemented well. Like, I actually think they're implemented decently well at A&M. And then that, like, you can actually... Like, the the entire area is not just completely consumed by personal vehicles because people actually take the bus or, God forbid, walk a mile. Um, And that's kind of the thing is, like... so, So my perspective on this has changed a little bit because I have my own parking spot at my office... And oh, la di da. Okay, Mr. but here's Big the Bucks th- <laughs> doesn't apply to you, it's... Paul. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, though, is that there's a lot of other businesses in the area competing for like letting their customers use parking spots in the lot because not all of the spots in the lot are reserved just like a couple for my business. My cup, co- my company, I shouldn't say my business, I don't like own the <laughs> business, but um, Mr. the Jeff thing Bezos. is. <laughs> yeah yeah I, actually that wasn't jeff bezos that was me that was building a multi-billion dollar house uh but um <clears throat> so like the issue is around like a lunch rush or something th- there's restaurants there and the entire parking lot will fill and i need to be able to get to my job and the my opinions on this have changed because people will just park in my spot or one of my company's spots and just like act like they didn't see the sign or just don't care. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world. And the, and the frustrating thing on top of it is there's nothing we can really do about it. Like there's no like, and, and that's why it keeps happy is there, there isn't any enforcement of like parking tickets or towing. And I'm not saying I want anyone's cars towed because like that actually does suck, but like there has to be some sort of like, 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 like the, the thing with consequences is it's not really about the intensity of the consequence, it's the certainty of whether or not it's happening that actually acts as a deterrent. Like, you don't need to hand out, like, a few random $1,000 tickets. You just need to regularly hand out some low ticket, and then people will stop. And I'm just so tired of people taking my spot. Like, (laughs) I've become that person 
who was like cursing at illegal parkers, which I used to like not understand as a teenager. Um, we like we even got these stickers that we put on people's windows that peel off and leave a residue, like warning them because we had to do something. It's uh, it's really frustrating, wow. and that sounds ridiculous. But when someone's in your spot like every other day, it starts to really get old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and and the thing is, the the other reason that I'm okay with these deterrents is that in most cases, in most cities, there is an option that is reasonably inexpensive or easy that avoids like crowding places with traffic. One of them is usually just park a little bit further away and walk. It's not a big deal. Uh, walking is great. Uh, the other one is, it, it, at least in Fort Worth, I can't speak to other places. Like, if I'm parking downtown, for a couple hours, it's only, like, like a dollar per hour. And that's pretty reasonable. Like, if I'm needing to go somewhere to pay a dollar per hour, that's not that bad. So, like, there are usually reasonably cheap ways to do it. And, like, if there is a cost, it encourages carpooling, which I think is great. Because it reduces traffic overall. And so... I don't know. My point overall is I feel like people just think that any consequences for illegally parking are just evil and from people who hate them. But on the other side, it frustrates the hell out of me. Like, like that things would be significantly worse on the roads if we had no consequences for it. Uh, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I got a handful of questions for you. I'm ready. First of all, have you ever tried not going to work? <laughs> Like, what if, like, what if just, I know we're going to bring your boss on the show as a guest someday, (laughs) so I'm not trying to insinuate anything. I'm just saying, what if maybe you just didn't go to work? You didn't come back from lunch one day, and then you show up the next day and go, God, finally found a spot. Jesus (laughs) Christ. I, I'm not saying to do this, you know, you can't pull this multiple times a week. This is maybe, you know, in an emergency situation, you're not feeling well or you just kind of aren't feeling it. You, I'm thinking you can maximize this like maybe at most once a quarter. But I'm just suggesting it. I'm just throwing it out there. Is you kind of stroll in at 9 a.m. the next day and say, God, it took so long for a spot to open up. I've been sp- circling for hours. I had to go gas up, come back. <laughs> I mean I have not considered doing that. I am now considering doing that. Uh I my boss has a decent sense of humor. He'd probably find it moderately funny. But also he'd probably be like, what the hell? Um Well, you know, I, that doesn't that's sound like such a bad mind. reaction to me. <laughs> it's definitely something to keep in mind. I'll I'll put it that way. <laughs> I have another idea. I think you could just make your own parking passes. And so you could just have some kind of authority over the people that park in your lot, even though they would see, they probably would never see the pass in the first place. But just having that peace of mind that you have a parking pass, that means absolutely nothing might just make you feel a little <laughs> bit better about people breaking the law. Yeah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> I mean, so the, pe- I, the it's funny you say that because I technically kind of do. So the, the people that own the lot they like enforced parking like tickets and stuff. Cause you're supposed to pay to park in the lot where I work and they enforced it for like one month when they first bought the lot. And then they haven't enforced it for a year and a half since then. And so, and they gave passes to the people who are like employees in the area. So I have a pass mm. that says like 
April 2019 is the last time they gave us a pass. And I still hate that because I feel the need to feel superior to people who don't have a pass. But in my car is a pass that says April 2019, just so that people know that I at some point held some authority to be parked there. (laughs) Okay, I've got a second idea. Okay. This is going to sound like a counterproductive idea in the short term, but I think in the long term it'll pay off. Okay. You slash their tires. (laughs) Now, that's going to not open up the spot for a while, (laughs) but in the future it may... It may send a message. <laughs> that's, you know, I I have considered many violent acts. That That's probably the most reasonable one. Uh, and and you, another a thing in that vein that someone else suggested to me is someone else said, like, like in my office complex, not actually at my company, was like, if someone takes my spot, I just park behind them in the parking lot and then they have to come knock on every door to find me. <laughs> nice. And that, that that's pretty funny. <laughs> I get where they're coming from, but also for me, I'm kind of like, what if this person's just so mad that they back into my car and then just drive off? Like, what have I proven? Like, I don't want to pay for repa- Like, I'm just more scared that someone's going to like, I mean, they will have to find me to make me move my car. But then like all I've accomplished is having an enemy who knows where I work. Like, I, I don't They're know. Gonna, yeah, fair. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> They're going to have to have, uh, th- there's going to have to be a pretty uh, hefty amount of horses behind that engine to just budge your car out of park, though. You know? <laughs> I mean, I drive like you, I drive a Honda Fit. I mean, you could probably just push it on your own if you really tried. <laughs> uh, man, I'm, I'm really racking my brain here trying to come up with other, other solutions. How, I have a solution. Is the, yeah, go for it. Okay. I, how about, Paul, you just put that $550 bike that you never rode in college <laughs> to use? Are you, are you saying I bike to work? Or are you saying park the bike in that spot anytime I'm not there so it's always taken? <laughs> now there's uh, an idea. <laughs> or you just, wait, so uh, are you you said you have a problem uh, returning from lunch, finding a spot particularly, or is it? So th- is that's it in kind the of the issue. Is there, there's all the lot is always empty when I show up at work. But if okay. I drive to get lunch somewhere, usually by the time I get back, the entire lot is full, and someone has like chosen my spot. It, what honestly makes me almost more mad is if there are spots that are open, but someone parked in my spot anyways. Yes. Just to, like, be, and and the thing is, they're they're probably doing it because they think it'll get them out of like paying for parking, which it will. So I don't like that. Like the way whoever owns our lot, like has incentivized stealing our spots and cause yeah. they're like closer. And so that's almost what makes me mad more is it's a terrible system that incentivizes people to steal our spots. Uh, but there's like nothing I can do about it. It's just frustrating. Okay. Final <laughs> suggestion. Okay. Bike in the back of the car, drive to work, lunchtime, bike to lunch, bike back to lunch, bike back in the back of the car lots of backs lots of bikes hopefully you can piece it together you just bike to lunch and you leave your car in the spot that's not and a then, terrible idea and then you work off all the uh, the lunch calories all the all that uh, all that meatloaf and squash casserole you're downing at lunch you just you work it off on the bike that's not a terrible idea actually and there you go consider. you're putting your uh, you're putting your bike to use, your $500 bike to use. You're biking outdoors. 
you're engaging the mind and the body, not like the people who are just engaging the body inside their apartment biking. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like that solves two rants in one. Wow. That's got to be the... That's got to be the solution, Paul. We should just end it here. That's it. Podcast yeah, that's over. the show, folks. Thanks for Thanks listening. so much. That's not the episode conclusion. We are done. No more episodes. <laughs> I, I said, before I started the show, I said, my goal is to solve one problem. And, I, and here, here we are. It, it only took us a year and a half and 36 hours of content. But we made it. <laughs> You know, all I have to say about the show is it really was not all bad. Why do we do this every episode, Paul? <laughs> Why is that a thing? I mean, how many times have you heard that? And you still thought that was an okay thing to say? <laughs> You're supposed to be a host. You're making me qu- that one statement made me question my my final decision. I'll see you guys at the ten year reunion. <laughs> um, I'm glad you at least someone in the audience will appreciate that that was the dumbest joke that's ever been made I, I am appreciating that it's the dumbest joke that's ever been made it, I did say it was funny <laughs> I'm coming for your throat today Paul I'm sorry no it's okay I think I think that albuterol is getting to me I think I really did take too many puffs of this bad boy <laughs> Well, um, Zach, you should you worry th- about your own health because I have heard that that insignificant amount of uh, vapor that comes out of those is damaging the ozone layer. So you should really reconsider using <laughs> asthma inhalers at all. This one specifically says it doesn't have any chlorofluorocarbons in it, which I don't know if there are other ways to affect ozone layer, but at least it doesn't have that. Take it up with... Par Pharmaceuticals of Chestnut Ridge, New York, zip code 10977, United States of America. That's who you need to talk to. <laughs> Manufactured in down. Italy, formulated in USA. Dose indicator made in China. Expires April 21st. Um, hey, Paul, anything else to contribute on your uh, parking spot situation? <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm going to try out all of y'all's suggestions. I'll, I'll report back. All of them, huh? I feel like one of them would be enough, but okay. <laughs> Cracking a cold one. You're gonna slash somebody's tires, bike to lunch, and then do whatever dumb shit I said first, and uh, whatever Brandon said that I've forgotten already. <laughs> uh, yep, all of it at the same time on the same day. Uh, last week I went to buy a suit. A suit? Yeah, I've got uh, a wedding this month. I've got a wedding next month. I've got a wedding the following month, and I've got a wedding the month after that. Uh, I'm planning on divorcing all the women immediately, which is why I have so many weddings lined up. Oh, man. <laughs> See, now that's how you do a jump, dumb joke, Paul. Dumb joke 101. I'm taking uh, notes. So I bought a suit last week. Uh, it was a, a physically painful amount of money. <laughs> but I think it's fair because the last time I got a suit uh, was... 2011 and that is not an exaggeration it literally was 2011 uh very long time ago it it, i uh wanted to try on the suit i had i have two suits Uh, i bought them at the same time uh in 2011 and one of them is so 
outdated already in fashion. It's so ugly. It's a black pinstripe suit, which is uh, okay for certain situations, but typically like black pinstripes is not good. And this one especially makes me look like a like a caricature of a gangster. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Do you have a fedora to go with it? No, if honestly, it's such an ugly suit that if I did, it would look better. Because <laughs> oh, it because it would look because then it would look like I'm going for a character. Then it would look like <laughs> oh, it's a costume. It's not a suit. So that one has already been out of the running for a while. But then there's a navy one I have that uh, was very nice when I bought it, and uh, I had it altered uh, for Brandon. You and I attended a wedding uh, last in 2018. That's right. If I recall. And, uh, or maybe it was 2019. We had a wedding recently and I wore that suit to that one and it doesn't fit me very well. It didn't fit me well then. And it fits me really badly now. It's super baggy. It makes me look like, uh, it looks like a zoot suit. Uh, (laughs) if you know what that is, it's so ugly. So I don't know why I spent so much time talking about my old suits because this is about my new suit. Um, the re- that's all justification to say that that's why I got a new suit and that's why it's okay for me to spend money because they're so old. Um, but one thing I realized is having an attendant wait on you for the changing room is the worst. It's the absolute worst. They just kind of stand around while you change clothes and that's already an uncomfortable prospect. I'm not okay with that. Um, but... Then you have to do the thing where, you know when you're a kid and you are buying new clothes and you're with your mom in the store and she brings you back to the changing room. She's like, okay, put these pants on and then come out and let me see you in them. <laughs> and then, and so, so and, and you know that there's like six other people occupying other changing rooms and they can just hear, you, you, they can just hear your mom go, okay, come outside and show me how those pants look. And oh God, that's the word. It's so embarrassing, even though you know, no one else is concerned about it because it's clearly a, a child and uh, their parent in a, a dressing room. But for some reason, you feel like an intense amount of shame, like not every other person in that dressing room has gone through the exact same thing. So then you come out and you do the like the, the spin move. She's like, turn around. She like wants to see, make sure it fits well on your waist and around your ankles. And it's just so it's so shameful and you hate it. <laughs> it's like the same thing, but instead of your loving mother, it's a stranger. It's just a dude. <laughs> He's like, oh, and then you have to come out and you have to do the spin move. And I never know, like I'm showing up in, uh, I'm coming from like, it's a Saturday, right? I'm showing up at the store. I've got blue jeans and tennis shoes on and a t-shirt and I'm here to try on these like suit pants. So I'm, I'm putting the suit pants on and he's like, okay, come out. Let me see. And do I now all these things, I, there's all these questions I don't know. I, I don't know how to address do I tuck my T-shirt into my into my suit pants to see to simulate how a tucked-in shirt might feel in these pants? Because that's how they're going to be worn, right? Do I, so do I come out with a, a goofy-ass T-shirt tucked in? I don't know. Do I put my sneakers on underneath the suit pants to gauge how tall the the pants are going to ride on the shoe? Because that's an important factor. But do oh, the sneakers is. accurately represent that? Do I put my belt on? So am I basically like, (laughs) so basically do I assemble my entire outfit as I was when I entered the store, but this time swap blue jeans out for a $300 pair of pants? (laughs) 
is that like is that the right approach to take? I never know. And so I always feel like I'm being judged by this person, not only for how I I look, like fashion wise in the color and fabric and uh, size that they have helped me choose, but also am I making the wrong decisions in the rest of my wardrobe? Like <laughs> if I come out with my shirt untucked, is he gonna go tuck that in? What are you raising a barn? <laughs> Or if I come out with my shoes on, is he going to be like, what the hell are you doing? You're not going to wear sneakers with dress pants, are you? Are you? So I, I feel like somebody needs to make a guide or something to help me out here because um, that was kind of an awkward situation that I ran into last week. I, I, I feel like every scenario I've been in with that where there is like a man, like an employee of the suit place, wherever it might be, his fashion sense, he's always old, and his fashion sense is always completely outdated and not what I'm looking for. Like, yeah. I feel like the kind of suits he's trying to pick out for me, it's like he thinks I'm, like, auditioning to, like, be in the advertising business for a cigarette company in the, like, <laughs> television show Mad Men. Like, that, like I feel like he, that's what he thinks I'm going for. Like, I'm going to be showing up in a suit every day, and, like, it needs to be, like, from the 60s. And I... <laughs> It's just never the taste that I'm looking for. It's really uncomfortable. If that's the type of man that was helping you dress, then maybe you should have just kept with the pinstripe baggy suit jacket and pants. I, I don't know. Well, no, that's <laughs> not the type of man that's helping me dress. The type of man who was helping me dress, fortunately, was able to pick out something that did not look like what he was wearing. He uh, picked out something that I actually liked quite a bit, which is why I ended up purchasing the suit. But Paul raises an excellent point here. The guys that are helping you change, I, I guess it's usually a dude. Sometimes it's not. I should maybe be a little bit more inclusive of my terminology. But when these people help you um, find new clothes, I, like, for example, if you're at a normal store and somebody comes up and asks if they, if they can help you find anything, I think we've talked about this before. I, I don't care... Um, I might as well be in the wrong store. I, I'm so lost. I will never ask for your help. <laughs> and I will never accept your offer either. So I, I always want, I, I want unlimited freedom to just browse at my own leisure and not have somebody watch me do it. So that is taken to the next level when you're dressing and um, you're, you're trying on clothes and someone is waiting outside the door and they don't do the thing where they're like, okay, come out, but they, you know, kind of shout over the wall, how does it fit or whatever? How, how do you like it or something like that? And then you, you're forced to respond. And half the time, like if you're not dressed yet, then you have to kind of be like, oh, just a second, <laughs> <laughs> which is the worst. But then, so then you say like, well, I don't know. I was kind of hoping it would, you know, the legs would taper a little bit more or something. And I guess that's okay. Uh, it's, it's fine the first time you can do that. And they're like, okay, I'll be right back. And then they bring you like three pairs of pants and like you said paul they often they don't really have the identical uh preference for fashion that you do so they they bring you they bring you a bunch of different pairs and what are you supposed to say like oh these are ugly can you bring me some good ones (laughs) like i don't know how to respond to that so then okay i guess i'll try them on just to be polite and then you know one after another do you like it do you like it do you like it over the door and i'm just like no no no. And at some point I feel like on probably the third no where I'm unsatisfied, they're probably just sick of me. 
Which I get that impression at least, but I bet in reality, if they get a customer out the door with a you know something bought in thirty minutes, that's good for them. And at the worst, they've probably spent their entire shift <laughs> helping some some finicky old man. But meanwhile, me, if I take like five and a half minutes to do this, I feel terrible. <laughs> so it's just it's overall it's just an awkward experience at every turn and uh i i really wish it wasn't a thing i'd like to just shop for pants no matter how fancy on my own please thank you very much so so i was just <clears throat> provided with a flashback here for a moment of something that for some reason has happened to me a couple times which is um the the, the store employee who's there to help you out with trying on like fancy pants and then you finish trying them on and you want their feedback or whatever you, and then you walk out and you can't find them. And now you're wandering around the <laughs> store as if like looking for your mother, like a, like an eight year old, except you're in your man in your twenties looking for an even older man to give you affirmation <laughs> about what you're wearing. And it's, it's just such a demeaning experience. That's true. I have been in that position too. <laughs> like, oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Having them wait on you is awkward its own way, but if they're not waiting on you and just talking to other people, like interrupting two grown men to be like, hey, I, I don't like how these ones fit around my butt. Like, that's such an uncomfortable thing to, like, just interrupting. be wandering around. That's one, that is very true. Because, like, I'm concerned about a lot of things that I'm concerned about when I'm buying pants are uh, saggy butts. You don't want, like, you don't want the rear, the bottom of the pants to sag. That looks bad. So, so a question I often ask is, is does my butt look like it's sagging too much? And I really, now that you've mentioned it, that's a phrase that I really shouldn't ask anybody, (laughs) especially not a stranger, an adult man stranger, and especially not if he's doing something else. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. uh, Is my butt sagging too much? Um, this reminds me, uh, a good capper for this rant. Uh, if, if any, did anyone else have anything to contribute, Brandon? I Paul? do have something to say. Um, when you were talking about how you, you're concerned about how they would say something about the entire ensemble of you, like tucking in your shirt with the pants or like <laughs> wearing the shoes with the pants when you walk out. What if they, instead of like talking about the entire look itself, um, what if they just just went to town on your street clothes in themselves? It's like, ah, well, that shirt, I think that T-shirt does not fit you very well. <laughs> I, that's another thing that I thought of is um, I showed up in, uh, I had black socks and blue jeans, which is which I wear all the time. And that's I think that's a normal thing to wear. But um, with fancy clothes, you're not supposed to wear black and blue traditionally. So that's one idea that crossed my mind as I walk out with these navy pants on and these black socks, which obviously I'm only wearing them because uh, I had them on with my jeans. But I walk out and he's like, black socks, huh? Not what I would have chosen, but I guess the pants look okay. (laughs) (laughs) So to cap all this off, uh, I was at the register buying this suit and the charge triggered a lock on my bank account uh, because I because I just basically booked a flight the same day so uh, it was two big purchases back to back and I didn't realize that it 
had locked the accounts because my I didn't recognize that I got a text message from my bank. And all I had to do was just like basically respond to the text message and say, yes, these charges are intentional and I approve of them. And then I could actually charge it. But because of that, I was getting my card. My card was getting declined every time I tried to purchase the, uh, the suit. And no joke, the person ringing me up for the suit, I felt like such a badass. I'm like walking out of the dressing room with a, a suit that fits really well and it's super nice super fancy suit and they're like bringing it over the register i'm ready to check out and the cashier is like a 10 out of 10 goddess like one of the hottest (laughs) women i've ever seen in my life and then all of a sudden like car declined car declined and it gets declined like 12 more times and then like she has to call the entire staff over to try to figure out what's going on and then finally our manager's like did you try did you get a text from your bank and i'm like oh uh that's a pretty good idea (laughs) <laughs> and then sure enough yeah so this girl behind the cashier the cash register is like god this person is not only poor but they're stupid <laughs> i feel like at and that point, uh oh you go ahead yeah that it's just it, it was a all around rough experience in both the dressing in front and behind the dressing room door i i cannot stand i cannot stand when like like checking out experiences delay and one more second than they have to because I, I i don't know whether that be collecting change or a card game declined i just i hate it for some reason yeah at that point after somebody like declines in front of the goddess and she calls over the entire crew you you just have to tuck your tail between your legs and you just have to run out the door like a little boy there's no saving <laughs> there's no yourself. coming back you just you sprint out and you find a new store yep you never return Start over again <laughs> Yeah, um, I pick up the suit on Friday, so we'll see. I, I'll uh, I'll let you guys know how it goes. Uh, let's see, who would be first? Would it would it be me first? I on believe so. Yeah. Positive rants. Well, first, I'd like to say, uh, Brandon, I should have saved maps for today, for you, because I think that'd okay. be a more fitting, a more fitting uh, positive rant to discuss with you. Um, although we ended up having a good discussion with Garrett, so that's fair. Yeah, it's my uh, own fault. So I, yeah, yeah, played as it lies. Do you have, do you have any any quick contributions to maps or no? Because I just wanted to give you an opportunity. You don't have to, but no, it's in the past. All right. We well, that's fair. Well, the now is uh, super into um, sports uniforms and stadiums, which is the the dorkiest thing about sports to be into. But uh, as a dork, I, that's something that I'm going to embrace. So originally, right, this is kind of a thing that I think baseball exemplifies, which I won't harp on too long because I know how Paul feels about baseball. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, one thing that I like about baseball is that every stadium is, there's no rules. You could just do whatever the hell you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, And they all look super unique and some of them are super old and some of them are super new. They're all different shapes and sizes and architectural designs and stuff. I think that's awesome. Big fan of that's one of my favorite things about baseball for sure. Uh, transitioning though to something that's kind of a newer revelation for me is something I've never really thought about. I should say is uh, you could just do some whack shit with basketball courts. You just do it. There's no rules. They'll have like tournaments in the Bahamas, and half of it's like a beach scene with palm trees and the ocean. And that's that's chill. You could you could just do that. You could make the entire court look like the ocean if you wanted to, and people do. And it just it it's cool, I guess. It's whatever. They do it like it's no problem. 
So I'm into that. I love that about basketball. Um, the Brooklyn Nets have the worst court in the NBA. And that's something that I know it's not a positive, but I have to, I have to talk about it. It makes every game look like everything is in black and white from the fifties, except for the opposing team, which in a way is kind of cool. I actually like that. What I don't like is Brooklyn written in gigantic size, 1 million white Helvetica font. It looks like just the New York times on the court. It is the stupidest logo. It's not even a logo. It's just, it's like if you open up Microsoft word and in size 12 aerial font type Brooklyn, that's what it looks like. Google it right now. If if you want an example, it's the stupidest court in basketball and I hate it, but I like that, that I like that they have the, the wiggle room in the rule book to make such a ridiculous dumbass court work that they're allowed to do such a stupid thing. I like that. That's the thing that they can do. And, uh, finally, another thing that I realized recently is, uh, NBA uniforms. They have like the street uniforms. I don't remember what they call them, but every, every mm-hmm. team gets kind of an alternate. Um, see if I'm going to Google it super fast. It's like uh, but city it, it, uniform or something. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's not. City edition. NBA city, adi- yeah. NBA city edition jerseys. Now, uh, Paul, being from Dallas, being from DFW, the Mavs have the worst city edition jersey they in do. the NBA. Absolute ass. <laughs> Almost every single other one I look at, I'm like, wow, like, that is very unique and feels like a piece of the culture of that city. And then you look at the Mavs when you're like, mm, they tried. <clears throat> it's so ugly, but yeah, you're right. I mean, almost every other one of them is super unique and cool and kind of incorporates, uh, the, uh, a special thing about the city. Um, I think the Celtics have a pretty terrible one, but it's at least unique to, uh, to mm-hmm. Boston in a way that's kind of cool. Uh, the, the, the maps is just, they're just not only there are they ugly, but they're meaningless. Um, uh, of course the easy number one spot goes to, uh, Milwaukee for having a Jersey that just boldly states cream city right across the chest, <laughs> which I adore. I really want a cream city Jersey. I'm a big fan of that one. Um, that's a bold move. That's a bold move just living in a city called Cream City. <laughs> uh, and then I'd like a quick uh, honorable mention to the Nuggets, which I think is super dope. And then finally, uh, next to Cream City, definitely my all-time favorite, has got to be the Miami Heat. I was about because to say, I actually yes. really like the Miami one. The uh, Miami Heat normally are red and black, their team colors, which if I had to pick a the worst possible combination for team colors after burnt orange and white (laughs) red and black is a trash tier team color combo. Like you can't make anything interesting with red and black. I I hate red and black as a team as as a team color combo, not for any like rivalry reason. It's just, I always think it looks bad. I can't think of a single example of it looking good. So when they break out this like 1980s turquoise and hot pink Miami, Jersey like that, nothing looks better in any. That is probably my favorite jersey, 
one of my top three favorite jerseys of any sport of any time period of all time. Hands down. I love this one. Um, and I, I like that it's a thing. It make, I, I've been watching a ton of, ton of NBA lately, a lot more than usual. And uh, it's just kind of something I geek out on, uh, and I appreciate that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, couple, but yeah, that, yeah, go ahead. I have a couple things to say about that. About the Mavs one, the Mavs one is ugly, which, to be fair, it is like a throwback to their old brand of the blue and the green. The blue and, and green. It was such yeah. a questionable rebrand that they just went to white, blue, and I guess black sometimes too, the details. But yeah, in total, the new city edition jersey for Dallas is ugly. But uh, another thing I'd like to say is that the Spurs, they used to have, I don't know if they ha- used to have jerseys like this, but they, they used to have brands and logos where it's like the Fiesta colors or it was pink and green and yellow. And Oh, yeah. yeah. And they have, uh, they have their G League team, the Austin Spurs, and they have pink, green, and yellow jerseys, but the real San Antonio Spurs don't have them. I don't know why they've gone this long without bringing those colors back and like having a city jersey that looks like that makes me really sad and just googling spurs fiesta jerseys there that's that is a sick color combo Mm -hmm. i i i forgot completely about that uh very true i think nba has a lot of lot of the most unique brands and color combos in in sports which is why the black and red pisses me off so much specifically in the nba this is a great one the the spurs fiesta is a great one I just want to say really quick that one, two that are almost frustrating to me as a more casual NBA fan are the um, the Warriors jersey. The city edition just says the town, which yeah. somehow frustrates me because who in the entire world hears like, oh, yeah, I love the town is like, oh, you mean San Francisco, the Warriors? Like what? It is San Francisco, right? Am I losing my mind? I think it's it Oakland, is now, right? Uh, it used to be Oakland. Now is it's it? San Francisco. Okay, oh, okay. so yeah, I, I'm not yeah. crazy. Okay, I said that, and I was like, am I losing my shit right now? Anyways, so yeah, who just hears the town is like, yeah, that's San Francisco. Like that, It's such a generic thing, the town. And then the other one... So yeah, I, went, I don't know. Wikipedia says nicknames Oak Town, the town. Well, they just moved their stadium what? from Oakland to San Francisco. But like, why does Is someone San get Francisco to, li- to have ownership over a nickname for their nickname for their city called the town? That's oh, like no, that's that like, that in general is unacceptable. Like that's that's absurd. <laughs> and then the other one that confuses me is I went to watch uh, the Mavericks play the uh, Portland Trailblazers like a year ago, and the uh, Trailblazers. Uh, wow, well, they, they were. I was going to say. Th- Never what? mind. It's not important. I was gonna say my first uh, my first Mavs game that I ever went to was <laughs> last year against the Trailblazers. So maybe you were like sitting behind me or something. That would be wild. Uh, but they were wearing a jersey that says Rip City, and yes. I just remember staring at that and being like, "What the hell is Rip City?" And it, apparently, it is a nickname for Portland. And like, I get like, good for these cities; they can have their cute little nicknames. Like, I get it. But like, what does that mean? I, I outside of that region, that means nothing to me. Is Rip City? Well, uh, wait until you see the uh, was the Knicks. Let me see. I think the it's the Knicks. Uh, they have a uh, bed Stewie. 
as their city jersey. I, uh, I don't know what see. you s- just said. I don't care to clarify. That's because it's not a word. It's it's <laughs> it's uh it may not be the Knicks. Uh, if it, uh, I'm not, I can't look it up right now. I can't oh, Google it's, fast it is, enough. It's Brooklyn Nets. Is oh, it's ben the Nets. Stewie. Okay. Uh, it's bed style. So that's another thing. Brooklyn, fix your stupid, uh, <laughs> your stupid city adjacent, and fix your stupid Helvetica font on your court. It's. I didn't realize it was the Nets for both of these. <laughs> yeah, so to me, like having bed stew. I tried to look up what bed stewy is. It's a it's a subdivision in Brooklyn. It's a neighborhood in Brooklyn, and and this is really only going to mean anything to people who are familiar with the Dallas area because that's the only really the big city that I'm most familiar with. But that's like if the Mavs had a jersey that just said like Oak Lawn on the front, you know, stockyard, like. Yeah, like it's just, sorry. You represent Brooklyn. There's probably six million neighborhoods in Brooklyn. You can't just pick one. You can't just pick one with a population of like six thousand, and then that's your that's your jersey. <laughs> I think the Mavs should actually have one that's called like Deep Ellum. I think that would that would sit well with all the Dallas fans. <laughs> that's like the same concept, though. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, or like if they had like Victory Park because that's where their stadium is. It's like yeah, maybe one building that can live, have people live there that's relevant to everyone else. Like Vic, that's a lame ass name. I didn't expect this to become uh, such a long rant and really just turn more negative than positive. But that's kind of the mood I'm bringing to the show today, anyway. <laughs> I mean, I, I find it positive to care about jerseys because they do make a difference in how you feel about the team. So I like them. I, I, I guess that's positive. Um, that's everything I have to say. So, uh, Paul, feel free to feel free to take us out, uh, take us away in your rant here. Yeah, my, I'm gonna keep mine uh, pretty short and straightforward. Um, you know, th- this is kind. This is actually what I was planning to do last week before Garrett made a suggestion that I tied in and decided to go with. Um, right. And, and I'm sticking with this one, but I realize now as I'm about to state, this sounds like I'm just bragging about all the new stuff I have. I got new headphones recently, and I'm realizing that I actually care about audio quality a lot. And I'm not <laughs> it's good sure. to hear from your podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know why. I like some. I used to have like really good headphones, and then they like broke, and I've been using just like very mediocre ones for a while. And it's just like finally, I was like, oh, there's some like pretty decent headphones on sale. I'm gonna go ahead and get them. And it, like, actually, I didn't think I cared that much about noise canceling. But, like, once you really experience it, it actually is pretty great. And so, I don't know. This is pretty pretty simple and straightforward. I'm not trying to just brag about all the new, like, material things I have uh, in my life understand. since I talked so much about uh, a TV last week and now I'm talking about headphones. But um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've gone through everything I own, so I, I'll have to shake it up for future positive rants. But I, I really am enjoying having good headphones because i really think like in terms of listening to music there are songs that i like i like okay and then i listen to them on good headphones i'm like oh like there's a lot going on here that i didn't quite notice on like i don't know like when you're listening to on very mediocre or even bad headphones sometimes it just feels like almost messy or noisy like you aren't really like I, i don't know how else to describe it besides it's just not clean like you're not hearing everything going on and uh now that I have some better headphones, it's like, oh, this is great. I like this. 
I have <laughs> never owned a pair of decent headphones in my lifetime. Yeah, the headphones I'm using right now, I've washed and dried uh, twice, and the cord is completely <laughs> wrinkled up into a ball that I can't untangle, and the left one <laughs> doesn't work, so... Excellent. <laughs> now, I mean, uh, the, the nice thing is, is for, for cheap, you can get very reasonable, like, headphones that work and do their job adequately, <clears throat> and that's fine, but I, I finally was like, I act like I care about audio quality so I'm going to just see what that's all about and it 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 makes a difference. I I even if you don't own them, I recommend trying out just like I don't know, like like the comparable ones to what I got like if you go with like Bose it's like the the Quiet Comfort 2 or you can get uh like Beats Studio or the ones I ended up getting uh Sony makes good products but they suck at naming them. It's like the Sony uh, 1000 XM3, which means nothing to anyone, but that's what they're called. Um, there's actually definitely at least two or three more letters in there. I cannot remember them. Um, Sounds like a, a carbon fiber bike name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, they're really well made, and I, I'm really enjoying Like, I, I don't ever do this, but since I got them, I'll just sometimes at night just like sit down and listen to music. And I'm like, ah. This is nice, and I didn't used to really do that. It's 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 a game changer for for sure. That's sweet. I like that. <laughs> um, I I I'm sorry I can't contribute anything because I don't I've never owned a pair of nice headphones. But I may you're kind of making me consider maybe I should invest. It, it I I would wait for at least a sale because almost all of them are probably at least fifty dollars overpriced. And so if you can just wait for like a dip in price, then you that's what I did on President's Day. Uh, but Ooh. which apparently is a holiday that like retailers acknowledge. Who knows? Uh, they, I know because I, I participated. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I recommend it. It 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 really is kind of nice. Well, good. Um, Brandon, let's hear what you got for uh for your rant today. Your positive rant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine is wind energy, and more specifically the wind turbines not necessarily the energy itself i mean i guess for starters like the the wind turbines that you see in like the panhandle and wherever else they have them in texas i don't know if they have them in midland they probably do anyway oh um, my god they uh, i've never seen so many in one place than i have in west texas ah well they produce on any given day they produce between like five and fifteen percent of the state of texas is energy which I think is incredible. I, I, I know it leads yeah. to all the states, That's insane. all the countries, and it's probably better than most other countries, just the state itself. And so that's something really special. And also, I, I don't know where I read this from, but I'm, I'm fairly certain it's true, is that uh, the way that the blades are engineered is that they can only spin at a max speed. And that's because like if they spin faster than the bearings wear out or something, or there's more, uh, I don't know, more danger affiliated with them. And I think that's really incredible I believe that. that they spin, they can slow themselves down to the most efficient rate. And, and I guess I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate with this in that the people that complain about them, it pisses me off. It's, it's always the panhandle people and I guess West Texas people too. So it's kind of like a knock against you, Zach. But I, they, they like, first of all, they always start with like the way they look and I, 
and to me, like I, I, I didn't grow up in the panhandle, and personally, there is no charm in the flatness of that part of the earth that I, I, the, the wind turbine itself is so much better than just looking out at nothing at a cattle pasture. That means nothing to me. Seeing a wind turbine, I don't know, makes it look better. So I don't, I don't know about those people. And also they complain about the sound, which I guess I'm not familiar with because I've never been around one besides driving past and just like, oh yeah, look, there's, there's one of those. Um, so I don't know what they sound like, but you should, those people should stop complaining. Like if you, if you're tired of them, just move somewhere else. I, I, I swear anywhere else in Texas is better than the panhandle. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you want to say West Texas as well, but you're censoring yourself to be kind to me, which I appreciate. Uh, I, I actually, um, I don't think anyone out West uh, dislikes them that much. I quite like the way they look too. I agree. I think they also, if you have one on your land, that you get some kind of uh, money back from them. You earn some money or your energy is paid for, like your electricity is paid for by that wind turbine. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, I think I think the incentive is, is quite nice, actually. I don't really know what it is, I, but it's more than that. Like that's kind of the incentive you get if you put solar panels on your house. This mm-hmm. You get a, a lot more uh, money if you give up some of your land for a wind turbine, I think. But man, they are, in West Texas, they are everywhere. I've never been anywhere on earth that I've seen more than I have in West Texas. And I mean, I've been to the one, the gigantic wind farm in California and, and stuff like that. But they, uh, one of my favorite things about it is there's a, there's a portion on interstate 20 in kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, First of all, Sweetwater, Texas is on I-20 and they have a blade of one of the gigantic blades of these wind turbines is their like town sign. So like painted on, it's laying horizontally and painted on the blade is their town logo, like welcome to Sweetwater, which is super cool. Hmm. And it's around that area that there's a part where if you 365 degrees look around every single space as far as the eye can see has a wind turbine on it you can't look anywhere in any direction and not see them so far in the distance that they they fade into the horizon and this is like you said this is flat ass west texas there's no hills that's so that's how many there are and in this in this particular portion if you're driving it at night um they all have red blinking lights at the top for planes and it looks like it's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. It looks like an alien invasion. It looks as like far as you can, as the eye can see, there's just blinking red lights, and you it just in the night sky. It's it's a, it's so cool. I love uh, I love driving that at night. I love driving in the day too. Most people hate it because it's boring. Usually for me, it means I'm I'm going home, so there's some incentive. But uh, I think it's a that particular region is really pretty because it's just like rolling farmland, and then in the distance is just so many uh, wind turbines. Well, I'm glad you're on this. So thing. I get it. I su- I support this 100. percent Honestly, t- to me, there's almost something like kind of majestic about them. Like I, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe they were designed well to blend in with the environment, which is probably a good thing. But I don't know. Whenever I've, I, I like will acknowledge that maybe it's different living near them. But like, at least as someone who has commuted, <laughs> not commuted, but driven through, uh, West Texas to get to other areas because i don't consider west texas a destination worth my time (laughs) Uh, it's not it it isn't (laughs) uh i don't know i i feel like the wind turbines are like 
almost like a thing to be excited to see because it's one of the most interesting thing you've se- things you've seen in hours or will see for hours. I like actually think that they're pretty. I don't Absolutely. know. That's a good topic. I, I like that's one thing that personally I every time I uh, see one, I think about how much I like them. But it does. It wouldn't have never really crossed my mind to talk about how much I like them on the show. So I'm really glad you brought that today, Brandon. That's a good idea. You're welcome. Uh, that's going to uh, that's going to wrap the show up today. That's everything. That's 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 the time. Uh, but thank you for joining us and thanks for listening. Uh, once again, you can find us on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and Overcast. We're on Twitter at Not All Bad Show. And if you want a random rant right on the show when a guest is not here, or if you want to be a guest. Like Brandon was today, you can email us at notallbadshow at gmail.com. Um, and then finally, like always, we like to ask that you tell your friends about the show if you liked what you heard today and leave a rating and review on iTunes. Brandon, thank you for being here today. Uh, it was great having you as a guest. I know. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. This was a lot of fun. So that's going to wrap us up on episode 36. Uh, I'm Zach Andrews. And this is Paul Messman. And this is Brandon. And Brandon, you can say your name. Yeah, there you go. Uh <laughs> Dance like nobody's watching, rant like nobody's listening. <laughs>